like a vanin, and so he lied to all my elf friends. I am Tani Tanuviel, the resident KUCI Middle Earth Elf, wishing you a beautiful day. It is an interesting day here in the Phallus, and in the Shire of UC Irvine, where we broadcast from. Um, a little cloudy, and uh, it's been a bit of a challenging day for the Elf, and I'll tell you a little bit more about that but there are always good things there are always good things and the thing that uh, has been my lesson today has been um, to take the things that seem like a really bad thing <laughs> and see how I can turn it around and use it to inspire me to love and to doing good. And you might be wondering, what in the world is she rambling on about? Well, first I want to say welcome to all my friends who are listening here in Orange County, California, or perhaps on the Internet. Uh, we are Orange County's alternative radio station, and we broadcast from the University of California at Irvine 24 hours a day, seven days a week, all a bunch of crazy volunteers. We are a nonprofit station. We are supported uh, by the university and by viewers like you. And it is that time of giving. So if you feel so inclined, you can always make a donation to Freeform Radio through our website at KUCI.org, where you can also get information about upcoming programs, interviews, ticket giveaways. Giveaways are always good. Free music, bands that may be in station. So please visit our website, and if you'd like to contact me, you can send me an email at askanelf, A-S-K-A-N-E-L-F, AskAnElf at Yahoo.com. I would love to hear from you. A very special hello today to my friends who may be listening online uh, through uh, from the OneRing.com, my favorite Hobbit uh, and Lord of the Rings message board. It's a great place to meet other people who are passionate about Middle Earth and about the work of J.R.R. Tolkien. When I first discovered these worlds, I didn't have anyone to talk to them. Uh, talk about to talk to about uh, them with and uh, I finally discovered this message board and made um, amazing friends of one of which you if you've tuned in before you know Ro the archerist down in Escondido met her in person and we have gone on to have archery adventures and radio adventures and all kinds of things in fact I was just down there this last Sunday and three more people got certified to teach archery to the masses thanks to Ro and uh, her business is Second Arrow she teaches three classes in through the Escondido Parks and Recreation uh, program and uh, I think that's going to become more like five classes beginning in January also does private lessons but she's getting more demand than she can even meet so which is a good thing archery is a, an amazing empowering sport and so she's having to train people up and get them trained up to to help and I'm hoping to bring archery a little bit more uh, to Orange County and in fact in uh, just a little while I will be having a very special guest, uh, Scott Clark, will be calling in, who is the owner of Orange County Archery uh, and 
the second location, the, the first location, Orange County Archery, is in Fountain Valley. And Scott is the owner of Orange County Archery. I'm not sure if it's how, it, how they differentiate. I'll have to ask him about that. And that's on Harbor Boulevard in Costa Mesa. So he's going to come on and talk to us about archery and how people can get involved here in Orange County and what an amazing sport it is and just things to get involved with. So in case you might have seen some of the movies and thought, wow, that would be really cool. I wonder what it would be like to shoot an arrow, a bow and arrow. Uh, You'll be able to find out a little bit later in the program. And in case you are tuning in and wondering what this show is all about, this is just kind of a celebration of all things Elvish. This is my going on 11, well, 11 years, over 11 years now, of my adventure of life as an elf, which came about as a result of seeing the Fellowship of the Ring in March of 2002 and falling in love with the elves and saying, wow, if I lived like an elf, I wonder if it would change my life at all. Would my life be any better, any different? And interestingly, it began to transform my life on so many levels. The first thing I thought, well, I'll learn about the elves. And the first thing I learned was that elves do not whine. So it became my thing whenever I would catch myself whining, that I would say, oh, elves don't whine. Stop with the whining. <laughs> and, I, and I thought, about, well, how do elves eat? And I thought, well, elves don't eat like hobbits. Hobbits eat like five or six meals a day. They like to be little round and chubby. Elves are tall and thin and um, and very healthy and very fuel efficient. So elves eat for fuel, but they also eat for festivities. So um, they eat things that are nourishing and give them good fuel and energize their bodies rather than making their bodies tired or overweight or fat. And um, and I thought, wow, that's very interesting. So in my s- studies, I learned, I think I'm up to like 137 things that I've learned from the elves, all with documentation, and either from the movies or the books. And I know there are, 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 a, lot, are a lot more. I just haven't, um, I haven't gotten those down yet. But um, so anyway... My adventure with my with being an elf led to uh, meeting someone at a coffee shop who was doing a radio show here at KUCI, and and uh, I he was he was a student here at UCI, and he was running off, and I he said I got to go do my radio show, and I said radio show, I mean he looked like he was about nineteen, and uh, he said yeah, he said you know what you should think about coming over and doing a radio show at at uh, KUCI, they're always looking for interesting public affairs programming, you should do your a uh, program about your life as an elf. And I thought, nah. And I thought, well, I don't know, maybe. And so I checked it out, took the training, and they were crazy enough to give me a show. I've done some music shows. I've done this show. I also do Phenomenal Woman. And I have met people that have changed my life. It has been one of the biggest blessings of my life to be involved here at KUCI. So you never know where your adventures might take you if you are open. And that said, I'm going to play The Hobbit trailer. It is just a week from Thursday night that The Hobbit will be opening 
um, in theaters all across America, the midnight showings of which I will be there with one of the princesses, one of the other princesses, and who knows who else might be in our uh, group. We're going to be over at the big Newport. So if you think you might be there, please send me an email so that we can connect. Ask an elf at yahoo.com, A-S-K-A-N-E-L-F, askanelf at yahoo.com. And then Saturday morning, I'll be seeing it at the on IMAX with my Ro, my archerist friend, and her husband, the keeper of the fur children, uh, over in Irvine. So it's going to be a big three-day, and I'm sure I'll see it sometime on Friday as well, <laughs> after I get a little bit of sleep on Friday morning. So uh, send me an email. Let me know what your Lord of the Rings um, continuing adventure with The Hobbit, their journey continues, is going to be about. In the meantime, just uh, as a little teaser, we're going to play The Hobbit trailer. And they have so many copies of this up now. I hope this is the one that I, the first one, because that's my favorite, where the, we get to hear the dwarves singing. Ah, my is. dear Frodo, you asked me once if I had told you everything there was to know about my adventures. While I can honestly say I have told you the truth, I may not have told you all of it. Gilbert Baggins. I'm looking for someone to share in an adventure. My name is Bilbo Baggins. Baggins. What is that? Baggins is What is a Baggins's precious? That was from the first official trailer for The Hobbit. And yes, those are available up on YouTube. There is a second trailer. I think there might even be a third by now. I've been avoiding um, all of those things other than just what I've seen in the theater when I've gone, gone to see other movies. And I haven't watched any more of the production videos or anything like that because I just want to go and experience the movie Peter Jackson's interpretation of um, bringing this amazing book to the big screen and it's only 10 days, well, 9 days away. So again, if you are going to a line party or somewhere um, locally or especially at the big Newport, I would love to know and maybe we can say hi. Askanelf at yahoo.com. Askanelf at yahoo.com. It just might change your life. And I don't know if tickets are still available, but they might be. And um, so, again, this uh, in just about seven minutes, Scott Clark is going to be joining us, and we're going to be talking about archery in Orange County. Um, the reason why I was having a challenging day earlier is because of the trees. We elves love trees, and you probably have noticed this if you've read, especially reading in the books. It comes out a bit even in the movies where Legolas and Gimli and Legolas, you know, even in the, um, the Dark Forest, you know, there's just a connection in... in um, Treebeard talks about how the ints, how the elves were the ones that taught the ints to speak. So there's a very deep connection between trees and elves. And I had these two beautiful eucalyptus trees uh, that have been my friends through many dangers these last eight years since I, my marriage went away and I went to live with um, 
rent a room in a house of a, an amazing woman who's been like a mother to me. But it's been it's been a challenging eight years. And but these trees have uh, have been outside my window for all this time. And um, one of the trees, the one closest to me, that was about 15 yards away, that had a funny little branch that stuck straight out. And there was a squirrel that would come up there and just lay out on that branch. And it was so hilarious. Well, um, a tree on our street got split in half. A, a coral tree just broke in half and fell in someone's yard and didn't hurt anything or didn't hurt anyone's house. But our next door neighbor decided that... All of a sudden, she said, well, you know, those eucalyptus trees are very unstable. You know, those are falling over all the time. If the ones outside my house fall over on my bedroom, I could be killed in an instant. And I thought, yeah, but, I mean, really, what are the chances that this tree is just going to fall over on your bedroom, in your bedroom, and kill you in your bed? First off, she doesn't isn't even there half of the year. She's off visiting in Canada and Europe and stuff. So that takes it down another 50% of the chances. And um, and not to mention the number of different directions that the tree might fall. And so I talked to her about it, and she said, well, she said, besides, it's ugly. She said, look at that bark. She said, I look out my living room. It blocks my whole view of the, that pretty little tree behind it and the, and the green belt. And I said, it's a paper eucalyptus. It's beautiful bark. I think it's beautiful. She's like, you think that's beautiful? <laughs> and I was like, oh, my gosh. And I thought, but, you know, again, sometimes it's just amazing to me how we can get co- oh, so caught up in it's um, about ourselves. You know, forget how beautiful the tree is for the neighborhood. Forget the fact that the birds and squirrels get to go and spend time in the trees. Forget the you know, the bird's nest. Forget that it makes shade for the children that are playing on the green belt. And uh, those trees also block to the sun in summer uh, from um, shining directly into one of my windows, um, which is, you know, very secondary. But, I mean, it's giving oxygen even to the person, you know, who's complaining about the tree. So they took out the one tree. I, you know, I went out and said goodbye to the trees, and I felt like they had withdrawn their spirits back into the earth. Um, so I actually do believe that trees, if, you know, they, if they know what's coming, they, they can withdraw their spirits. So, but the second tree who had an, also had a big orange X on it had okay written on it. And I thought, oh, well, and I had looked at the roots of both and one of them did look a little dark, but the other one looked fine. And I thought they had changed their mind because it's been like a month. Well, all of a sudden this morning, the chainsaws start up, that's the, sound I hate most on the whole planet and they started dismantling took eight men and an entire day with chainsaw and ropes to dismantle the tree but they did and so I was crying all morning (laughs) because my friend was going away after all and um, I should have known because when I said goodbye to them I felt like both of them their spirits went back into the earth but uh, I thought well no the other one I guess will come back because they're not going to take it away but so I was, it was a very difficult morning, and, um, but it was good because I thought I'll turn it around, and as a result, I contacted the Arbor, Fou- Arbor Day Foundation and got some wonderful information about um, trees, which I've visited there before, but I thought I want to have an interview with someone and maybe inspire people to think more about the trees and not only planting them, but also preserving the ones that are around us. Sometimes we can just do some things to preserve them rather than 
uh, chopping them down. In fact, a friend of mine and I were at Soka University last week, uh, just walking around beautiful, beautiful campus, and there was a tree there that had uh, some some ropes, kind of cords tied to it to hold it upright so that it wouldn't fall over. And I thought, how lovely. Instead of just taking it out because it's a nuisance and it's falling over, they actually did things to help stabilize the beautiful tree so that it could remain. What a different approach. So, um, yeah, so that's that. It's, you know, you, you've got to let it go. But, uh, yeah, we'll be talking more <laughs> about some trees and about uh, caring for our planet because that's what, you know, we elves care about those things. And hopefully so do hobbits and dwarves and um, mortals. And um, we're all in this together. So, uh, yeah. Scott should be calling any moment. So I'm going to, I need to uh, play some music. In the meantime, I thought I would play something, though, from um, the uh, website of Arbor Day, because they have some really wonderful um, resources there. They even have, like, kits and programs for kids. They have a tree guide. Um, And they have... um, Oh, uh, uh, a thing for uh, to identify trees. They have ways to identify trees, which I think is really cool. And then they have some public service announcements, if I could only find out where they put those, that I thought was really cool. Um, that, um, and their videos, they're absolutely beautiful, that give you some information about... Um, and there's uh, storm recovery and vol- a volunteer center... So, let's see, Nature Explore, I can't seem to find the thing for media. You know, yes, I'm, I'm a little bit of a, a challenged elf at times about us. Oh, there's my phone call. So, I'm going to put on a little Hobbit music again, and we'll be back in just a moment. This is KUCI in Irvine, 88.9 FM. And the views and opinions expressed here are those of the elf and her host and not, do not necessarily re- represent those of KUCI, UCI, or the UC Board of Regents. This is KUCI. And this is the Academy Award winning music of Howard Shore from the original soundtrack recording of The Fellowship of the Ring. And that is concerning hobbits. And um, I'm very excited to find out what kind of archery things will be going on in the upcoming movie. I loved watching uh, Legolas in uh, the Lord of the Rings. And, um, of course, there's big um, resurgence of interest in archery lately, uh, both with the Hunger Games and... Brave and The Avengers, and now I think there's two television shows about archery. And uh, my friend, uh, who's been on the show several times, Roe, who teaches archery down in Orange County, um, with uh, through the Second Arrow and through the uh, Escondido Art um, Park and Recreation Department, um, has had more demand than she can keep up with. So I'm so excited because I want to see the same thing happening in Orange County. And I recently was at Orange County Archery. Um, my uncle, 
unfortunately passed away and uh, some of us didn't realize that he had been interested in archery so I had two bows and they're left-handed so I can't use them and I went over to Orange County Archery and Scott Clark the manager of the location on 2112 Harbor Boulevard in Costa Mesa was so wonderful and so helpful and I've actually taken a private lesson with him so he was one of the first people I thought of that I thought, well, if I, there's anybody that could tell me what to do with these bows, if they're, you know, worth anything, you know, to try to, because we were trying to raise some money for, you know, some of the expenses and all of that. And he was so helpful. And um, so I said, well, Scott, would you consider coming on the show to talk to people who might be interested in archery in Orange County? And he said, yes. So I'm very pleased to uh, invite into our conversation Scott Clark, who is the manager and owner, I believe, of uh, one of the owners of Orange County Archery. Um, Scott, are you there? Yeah. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Not a problem. So um, can you tell us a, just a little bit? I, I bet there are people here in Orange County that don't even realize that there are places right here in our backyard, Fountain Valley and Costa Mesa, where they can go and get archery lessons. And uh, right here, I, I was just down at Rose, and it was interesting because we did a certification for uh, teaching some teachers. And one of the um, one of the girls that was there that that's in her one of her classes said, you know, it, it when I saw the ad for her, you know, for your class in the uh, parks and recreation thing, I thought, oh my gosh, I can actually go and take archery and I don't have to buy all of this stuff. And I was thinking, I wonder if people know that they can do the same thing in Orange County. You don't have to go out and buy bows and arrows to get involved with archery, isn't that right? Oh yeah, sure. I mean, anybody that wants to shoot archery can shoot it. You just have to find a location that provides. Uh, the equipment and the lens to shoot on. It's, it's, it's pretty easy. It's a lot easier than a lot of people think it is. Yeah, and you, uh, that is what's going on over at Orange County Archery, right? Oh, every day. It's gotten busier and busier. We're pretty blessed. It's, it's been awesome. This, this has been one of our better years. Wonderful. Now, do you think you've seen a little uh, bit of an increase in interest as a result of any of these movies? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I personally have never seen The Lord of the Rings, I, you know, and I get a lot of funny looks because a lot of people come <laughs> here because they, they, they watch that. But uh, I did take my daughter to see Brave, and, and uh, I'd say the biggest turnout in my, at my, lo- my location has been through uh, the animated movie Brave. Uh, I think that uh, The Hunger Games uh, it empowered a lot of uh, teenage girls to come in and start shooting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, there was also a movie, The Avengers, that had some archery in it. I guess it was... Uh, DC comic revival. It was yeah. It was out, and there are some TV uh, programs out. Uh, a lot of people watch the Top Shot shows, and they do feature archery now and again. Mm-hmm. So there's been a lot of surgeons in archery. Uh, you know, uh, the Olympics did help also. Yes, they, they did end up televising the Olympics. Uh, I mean, the, the archery portion of the Olympics a lot more than they did in the past. Yeah, so, that... uh, people seeing the equip. Sorry, people seeing the equipment. Uh, how how technical it was got excited about that. So. It's been a really, really good year, and it's just becoming bigger and bigger, and so hopefully it stays that way. <laughs> yes, hopefully it does. Well, one of the things that I love about archery, and I uh, discovered this through working with my friend down in Escondido, which is so far, people in Orange County say that's too far to drive to get involved. But um, in case there are any parents who are listening in, um, one of the things that several of the parents commented to me was that they really appreciated this sport for their child because their their 
uh, children were not inclined toward group sports. Like one right. um, one woman had a little girl, and another guy had a little boy, and they said, you know, you know, they don't really like soccer. They don't do well at basketball, and yeah, and yeah. that's no. Go ahead. Uh, I'm just. I'm, I hear this so much. Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, I would like for to hear what you what you think about that because it you know it it's a wonderfully empowering sport for children because they can experience success and feel like wow this is a sport and I can be good at it and they don't feel bad because they're not so good at soccer or basketball or baseball or something. Uh, you know, uh, a lot of the children that we get uh, in the shops now are. You know, parents uh, are searching for sports for their kids, and if they're not really inclined to be in uh, team sports, uh, you know, uh, soccer and football or baseball or whatever it is, um, I kind of relate it to, you know, golf, surfing, or whatever, anything that's, you know, an individual, you know, sport. Um, this, this sport, I think, kind of goes hand-in-hand hand with golf, being a, it's a muscle memory to individual target sport. Mm. And uh, a lot of kids feel that a lot more gratification out of uh, practicing and, and, and seeing their improvement. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, so it's, and, and, and another thing is you don't have to get a whole bunch of kids to, together to do it. They can just practice by themselves and they enjoy it. And also, when you get involved with programs, uh, there's a great program called JOAD, which is the Junior Olympic Archery Development Program. And they can become, you know, state and nationally ranked through this program uh, if they choose to. Um, but getting involved in these programs also gives the kids the opportunity to meet other kids and, and shoot against each other. And it, it just, you know, for some for some kids, that's just the thing that they want to do, and, and this is a great sport to do that. Right. Now, um, so do you have, um, do you have coaches at both of your locations that could, that could coach kids that maybe want to begin to learn the sport and, and eventually compete or even, you know, get good enough to go to the Olympics? Um, yeah, the Olympics, that, that's, that's a tough stretch. Um, that, that's a long, hard road and a lot of training. And just to make it to a qualifying team or go to Colorado to, to compete just to get chosen to even, you know, train for mm-hmm. the Olympics is, 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 a, is a, an achievement in and of itself. Um, but as far as both our locations, I, I just, you know, I've been shooting since 1985. Mm. And I, you know, just recently took up teaching uh, about three and a half years ago. i I've uh, always had the qualifications to teach, but uh, I just never really got into it because I haven't been working at an archery shop, and I was pretty blessed and fortunate for my father to give me this opportunity to extend Orange County Archery over here to Costa Mesa. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I do train uh, uh, people of all ages. I started my daughter when she was two, and I get uh, autistic kids. I get uh, you know a whole gamut of children that have um, either disabilities or you know you know smart kids, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, at my shop and uh, over at our Found Valley location, we have instructors over there that uh, offer it on a regular basis. Now, are there, because um, I know uh, down in south, like in um, San Diego County, there's a few of the places down there that are even further south than Roe, but they have some leagues. Do, they, do you have any leagues uh, that the, the people can get involved with at Orange County Archery? Well, at my location, it's pretty small. Um, I, I don't offer leagues here, although we do have groups of people that come in, and we mm-hmm. have, like, nights where they'll, they'll all come in and just compete on their own. Ah. Uh, but uh, in over, over our Fountain Valley location, we also do have league nights over there, um, which is, you know, every, I believe, Wednesday night, they have people show up, and it's uh, an ongoing process over there. But 
uh, as far as uh, uh, competitions are concerned, uh, there's outdoor, indoor, and, uh, you know, uh, there's 3D competitions, which is basically kind of like a golf course. Mm-hmm. Outdoors, different yardages that, uh, you know, paper targets or 3D animals. They're anywhere from a down your, downhill shot uh, at 80 yards to a 10-yard shot, you know. Um, and those competitions are, if, if anybody wants information on uh, the uh, Southern California competitions, you can uh, go online to uh, several organizations, uh, CBH, which would be the uh, California Bowman Hunters Association, mm-hmm. uh, or the NFAA, which is the National Field Archery Association, or the NAA, which is the National Archery Association. All these uh, 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 organizations have the links and uh, um, ways, ways, ways to find out where competitions are held and how to get involved with them. Mm. As far as a national competition or a state competition or even a world competition, Anybody can really enter. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm. You don't have to be a professional to enter these these competitions. Oh. Um, and obviously, these are going to be a lot larger, mm-hmm. uh, a lot more people. Sometimes people from all over the world, and it's just it's a great experience. Even if you're just starting out in archery, it's 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 good to go there and just sign yourself in, uh, pay the fee, and and uh, and shoot with all these people. It's, it's just makes you a better archer altogether. Yeah. So, um, so your location is at 2112 Harbor Boulevard, mm-hmm. and uh, can I give out your contact information there Absolutely. for our listeners? It's, uh, the phone number is 949-548-0500, 949-548-0500. The email is info at ocarchery.com, info at ocarchery.com. And uh, you're on Harbor Boulevard. You're just right off of... Uh, um, like right up, just a, like a couple blocks up from Triangle Square, isn't it? Absolutely. I'm yeah. just right off the 55 off of Victoria. If you're coming south on the 55, you get uh, past the fairgrounds and exit Victoria, make a right. And then when you hit Harbor Boulevard, you make a left. And I'm just uh, about five do- doors down from uh, Norm's Restaurant, around the left-hand side across the street from Newport. Uh, I believe it's Newport Motors. Uh-huh. Now, if, say if someone is like, well, you know, I think I'd maybe like to try it. Uh, what do they do? They, they come in. Would you, uh, like, you know, they'd say, okay, well, I'd like to take a lesson. Uh, we won't mention, you know, any, any cost or anything, but I know that it's, it's actually very reasonable, uh, more <laughs> reasonable than I was expecting, and it's so much fun. But they don't have to have equipment beforehand. So what, what, would, what would someone do if they just decided that they wanted to just come in and, and take a lesson? Well, if you're looking to get into archery, uh, a lesson is, is highly advised. Uh, this is a weapon, um, and uh, all the uh, equipment that we use here is, uh, we, we treat this like a, a, a firearms range. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you're into that and that's something you want to do, all you have to do is basically make an appointment with me over, uh, over the phone. I, I do private lessons by appointment at my location, now at my Fountain Valley location. We do have ongoing uh, beginner's lessons. And those are available on Sundays from 2 to 3, and another class available from 3 to 4. Those aren't by appointment. Those are first come, first serve. So I suggest that anybody wants to come down to the Fountain Valley location, you sign yourself in about a half an hour early and hang around. Just down, about four doors down, there's a place called Prehistoric Pets, and they have a lot of cool animals over there. <laughs> um, so, so you can kill some time before the lesson. But uh, at my location, again, um, uh, lessons are private and by appointment, and we can work out the cost through that. And... Uh, my rental fees, if you have experience and you just want to come in and you don't have equipment and you'd like to rent, it's only $7 for one hour per person. Mm-hmm. Here, 
here my location I only have two lanes, so it's best to call ahead of time before yeah. you drop in to make sure that the lanes are available. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the Found Valley location has 12 lanes, and uh, that's on a walk-in basis, and uh, they also have rental equipment over there. But also, you know, call ahead of time so you don't waste a drive. Right, right. Well, and I, but what I love is that people actually can explore and see if they're interested in this uh, without having to put a lot of money up front. They don't have to buy any equipment up front in order just to experience it and decide whether or not they want to get involved. Um, generally, I would say be careful because <laughs> it's so fun and it's so empowering. And then yeah. you see these bows and it's like, oh, my gosh. It and is, it is. It's a blast, and, and uh, you know, people really, you know, I mean, it, it's just, uh, once, once you try it, it's just like, uh, the thing I like the most is just watching people's eyes light up when they hit the yellow for the first time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, or the gold, I'm sorry. But, uh, um, you know, parents uh, looking to get their kids into equipment, it's always better to let them come down and take a couple uh, shots at the target first, because... You really, you know, I remember how I was when I was a kid and a lot of stuff sat in the closet. So you just want to make sure this isn't the flavor of the day and this is something that your child's going to pursue before purchasing a clip. Right, right. Um, well, I, I just real briefly, I want to ask you about something because on your card it says Orange County Archery and Air Guns. Do you have, like, air guns at your uh, uh, Harbor Costa Mesa location? Uh, both locations. Oh. Um, this is a new thing that we've and just... What, what, are air, what is air guns? What is that? <laughs> Well, it's like paintball or something? Yeah, they're air rifles, and they shoot pellets. Uh, oh. Uh, if anybody is out there who's into uh, pellet guns, you'll know that, uh, what 177 means. That's the type of caliber of pellet that we shoot. Uh, we have uh, lots of different models, and we've uh, uh, hired a, a brand-new employee. He's a great guy, Don. And uh, uh, he worked with a company called Demon for about 25 years. And uh, my father met him, and they became fast friends. And so we brought air rifles into the shop, um, and we have targets for those. And oh. uh, and it's, it's really been really cool because, uh, you know, uh, if, if archery may, might not be your thing, then maybe air rifles might. And air rifles are also in the Olympics, too. So Oh, really? Absolutely. I didn't even and, know that. Yeah, it sure is. <laughs> yeah. but, but, but believe me. Uh, you know, uh, compound bows uh, can get pricey, or even uh, recurve bows, as far as Olympic bows, can get very pricey. Mm-hmm. Uh, anywhere in the $2,000 range sometimes for the most expensive type of equipment. Right. Uh, but some of these air rifles, I'll tell you what, they, they get up in the five to $7,000 range. Wow. So, yeah, it, but it, when you look at them, it looks like something out of the movie Terminator. They're incredible. <laughs> They're awesome looking. Oh, so, wow. Well, yeah. to, do you have some of those at your location in Costa Mesa? Because I don't remember seeing that. I can I mean yeah, if, no, if I come I think, by I can see him? Oh, okay. I'd I'd be interested in, in seeing that. <laughs> well, since my brother, I'm, I'm sorry. Since my father brought air rifles into the uh, uh, company, um, uh, I've I've got them here. I haven't really showcased them a whole lot because I'm more mm-hmm. an archer, you yeah. know. So it hasn't been a huge thing. I've been pushing. I mean, they're available. They are there. Um, if if you look hard enough, you're going to see them. Uh, so I have kind of displayed them a little bit more lately, but uh, you walk into the Fountain Valley store, and right when you walk in the front door, there's <laughs> they're hanging all over in glass window with some hot stuff in it. So, you know, they're really uh, they're doing a lot of the league stuff over there at the Fountain Valley location here. I have them available, and uh, i got to be honest, after hours, me and my buddies, you know, we do shoot a few in here. <laughs> uh, but I have uh, more of the uh, entry-level ones here at my location. My father has all the really really hot stuff over there. Yeah. Well, um, 
that's cool. I'll have to check that out. That's kind of interesting, especially yeah. if it looks like something from Terminator. I like 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 space looking things. Um, but back to <laughs> archery. Um, now, in the movies that, that we've seen, especially like Brave and I believe also in Hunger Games, um, they were using recurve bows. Mm-hmm. And uh, Avengers, I'm not sure if his was kind of, kind of uh, it might have been a compound, but no. That was, that was a compound. Bow. It was, okay. Um, what are you finding as far as uh, children's interest in shooting? Because uh, I know, I, I, you know, and Ro both, you know, are very passionate about, she teaches all recurve and traditional. And uh, so she doesn't even get into the compound thing. But, you know, for some people, they like, you know, they like the, the more technology, technologically advanced toys. Um, right. But what are you seeing as far as the pe- people's interest? I'm kind of curious, especially with regards to girls. Are they more going toward recurve or compounds or how's that going? Uh, girls, uh, definitely between the ages of uh, um, uh, six and uh, say nineteen, uh, they're traditional or uh, more of a feta style, which would be the Olympic style all the way. Um, which is a recurve. Yeah, not so interested in, in the compound bows. Although uh, I'd say probably about ninety uh, percent of the girls that come in here, they end up shooting compound bows. Their dad's a hunter. Oh. So Pop always shows up and, and, and uh, gets them going in archery and then uh, says, you know, we're going to go up to, we have some property up north and it's, uh, and it's pig season. So uh, get her all hooked up with a compound bow. She's a little bit nervous. We set her all up, get her on the range. She takes one shot with it and she says, all right, this is it. Oh, okay. Just takes, you know, they look a little intimidating for children and teenagers, they're, they're, uh, but they're really not. Yeah. They're, 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 they're easy to shoot and, and very forgiving. It speed breeds accuracy, pretty much. And uh, also, you know, the sights and all the stuff that's on the bows, you know, really helps, too. But right. uh, these bows are much, uh, much faster, much uh, more, more smooth to shoot. It's a whole different animal. When you're talking about compound bows or recurve bows, right. those are two different styles of archery. And so you just have to try it to see what you like. Yeah. And you, you offer both over there at Orange County Archery, isn't that right? Oh, we have everything. I mean, and lessons, uh, so uh, someone could come in and say, well, I don't know whether I want to do recurve or whether I want to do oh, traditional. Yeah. Uh, you could, you know, say, well, you know, try this bow, see, you know, and try mm-hmm. try that well, and see if you like it. <laughs> okay. More than welcome to try anything you want to shoot. Um, I, I think that's the most fun about getting into archery is trying all the different uh, styles of archery. Um, and also, if you're just looking to shoot a recurve bow, there's a lot of different brands, a lot of different styles, and so... You know, I always, you know, recommend just have some fun if you're looking to purchase equipment or, you know, just getting into it. Uh, just figure out what you want to shoot. And longbows are a lot of fun. Yes. Um, oh, my gosh. You, do you still have that, that incredible longbow? You had a, an amazing longbow over at your location the last time I was there that I just fell yeah. in love with. <laughs> yeah, I almost didn't put that out there. That is now gone. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I have three more uh, new ones from Steve Abbott on the wall that I'm showcasing at the moment. Okay. And they are all, all three of them are just absolute sweethearts. And I'm, I'm still eyeballing one of them, but I'm, you know, I shouldn't be saying this on the radio because my father, you know, might listen to this. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to put it back up on the wall. How many bows do you have, Scott? How many what? How many bows do you have? I have two compound bows, two recurve bows, and one long bow. Okay. Yeah, that's, um, Ro doesn't have any compound bows. She's got like three three different bows, I think, that are her competition bows. That, that right. just, and she, you know, just kind of went up or whatever. But uh, 
Yeah, so, and they're just so darn pretty, too, the, you know, oh. some, some of the bows. I mean, I, the first bow that I got actually was at um, your father's store in Orange County Archery, mm-hmm. and it was uh, it's, um, a beautiful recurve. And I can't remember who it's by. It's not a. It's not a. Um, uh, it's not a teardown one. Um, it's all one okay. piece. And it was a. It was a used bow, and I was able to get it. But it was. It's like. It's like a thirty-five pound draw weight or something. Ooh. So I've never actually, you know, gotten to the point where I could actually shoot it comfortably. Oh. Uh, one of these days, if I get back in there and get my strength built up again, I might be able to build up to shoot it. But it's just so darn gorgeous. I mean, I just love holding it in my hand, the way it feels <laughs> in my hand, the weight of it, and you know, so. Yeah, it's a it's a funny thing about about bows. <laughs> oh, you, you know, I mean, I I you know, I'm a big fan of wood, um, and mm-hmm. been, being a guitar player all my life, um, I've always appreciated uh, good woodwork. You know, Martin guitars, Taylor guitars, and when you see a uh, uh, fine longbow or a real nice custom uh, recurve or something that's traditional like that that's been made by hand and is and it's perfect. I mean, it's I, it strikes me the same. I I still you know, uh, uh, look at them and hold them the same way I would a fine guitar. Yeah. And, and they are a tool, you know, so, uh, you know, you treat them right, they'll treat you right for the rest of your life. Yeah. Well, I know it sounds, it may sound kind of odd, but when, uh, when I was married, my husband traveled quite a bit, so he would be gone up to L.A. sometimes for two or three days, and I kept my bow under the bed, and I always thought, you know, if somebody breaks into the house, because, I mean, I didn't want to have a gun in the house or anything (laughs) like that, but I always felt like, you know, I've got my bow, and if they come in that bedroom door, they don't know that necessarily, I don't know necessarily know how to teach it, but even from my bed to the door, I bet I could hit that target. And I and I thought, you know, I it just it just made me feel a little safer knowing I had my bow and arrows under my bed. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting you bring that up. Um, I, I use a, a, a recurve bow for home home defense, um, and I have one hanging by my bed with six arrows at the ready, and I can get off. Uh, I think probably about six shots in about forty seconds, mm. forty five seconds. And my daughter, um, since I you know taught her since she was two, now being six, she's a pretty good shot. She has a little recurve in her room with some arrows, and so. You know, you wouldn't want to be on the business end of either of us if you uh, were inside the house. But the, the one thing that I like about uh, using a, a recurve bow for home defense is that I know that if I have a revolver or something like that and, and uh, I'm, God forbid, put in a situation to where I have to uh, uh, shoot, uh, that that uh, uh, projectile is not going to go through the wall and into somebody else's home and hurt somebody else. Oh, that's right. So wow. it's a lot safer way. So if you become proficient on a recurve bow, that can be a pretty good way of of a deterrent for somebody that's coming up your hallway in the middle of the night. Right, right. Now your daughter has been shooting since you. She started at two. How? What size of a bow? Did you have to make a bow especially for her? I mean, uh, well, you know, uh, I had Bear makes a little bow called the Wizard, and it's uh, oh. really it's your level bow for uh, young kids. And uh, at that age, I mean, as soon as she was able to hold herself up and start running around without falling down, um, she was able to hold a bow. And uh, to train a child that age, basically, you just keep them, you know, tucked right into your body. You put your hand under that little hand on, on the handle there, help them uh, push the bow out towards the target, grab their forearm, and all they have to do is hang on the string. And you'll know, anybody knows that if they have a child at a young age, they have a really, really strong grip. 
Mm. So oh. they're, they're able to hold on to that string. If you ever put your pinky in a little baby's yeah. hand, how yeah. hard they grip. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, yeah, so all you got to do is hold their forearm and just draw them right back to the corner of their mouth and keep their head straight up and down and keep the, both their eyes open. And when they get back, you just said, basically for Nova, I would just say, you know, go. And she would let go of the string and pop right down the lane and hit the target. And know, now so. she's six years old and she's been shooting for four years. Yeah. That's amazing. That yeah, is I'm, that is I'm, that is I'm, very cool. I'm really really proud, you know. But uh, you know, uh, like Mama says, uh, our dream, her decision. Right, right. That's good. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> Got lots I, of other plans for her too. She's going to be let me see, a rock star. She's going to be a lawyer. She's going to be a doctor, <laughs> an actress. Okay, so we'll stop. Uh, well, Scott, thank you so much for coming on the show again uh, today. Could you please give out your contact information again for people who might want to get information about taking some archery lessons or getting involved with archery, and including if they need or want qu- equipment here in Orange County? Okay, yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, to get a hold of me, basically, my, my number here is uh, area code 949-548. 0500, and that's here at the Costa Mesa location in Orange County Archery. If you'd like to do a uh, group lesson uh, at our Fountain Valley location, the number is 714-965-1125, and you can talk to any of our associates over there, and they'll help be able to help you out and give you all the rundown on that. Okay, wonderful. Well, thank you again so much for coming in, and uh, yeah. I will look forward to seeing you soon, within the next <laughs> week or s- couple of weeks, because uh, I've gotten recharged from going down, and, and um, I had already been certified, but just going and reviewing and watching, you know, sitting through a day training again, I thought, you know, I really need to do this, because I love it so much. It's just, I just need to get my little self on over there. <laughs> so thank you for providing a venue for those of us who do very much enjoy archery and we don't have to drive anywhere far. It's right here in our backyard in Orange County. Awesome. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me on your show, and thanks a lot to everybody who's listening, and hopefully we get this chance to uh, meet you all face-to-face. Yeah. Thanks, Scott. I'll talk to you soon. Namaria. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Again, that was uh, Scott Clark, the manager of the Costa Mesa location of Orange County Archery and Air Guns, and um, his father, the owner uh, and president of Orange County Archery, where, and they have another location in Brookhurst, a 16-lane indoor range, and you can also get equipment there, and you can shoot outside. You can get a couple of lessons or a lesson or two and go over and shoot at Mile Square Park, which is right there in Fountain Valley. They have outdoor shooting. There's some places up in Orange and Brea, I believe, that have outdoor shooting ranges, and uh, that's really a lot of fun, um, as well as getting involved in uh, local 3D events and things like that. So I am Tani Tanuviel. This is KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. And we are just about to the end of our time for today. Um, next week, we'll, uh, I'll be back. We are here every Tuesday from 4 to 5 p.m. Normally at 5 o'clock, we have the Blue and Gold Report, but... Uh, Blue and Gold Reports is on a little break for the holidays, so we will be having something else going on during that time. But at 6 o'clock, it will be Heather with Rachel Ray's Cooking Accident, and you certainly don't want to miss that. In case you are outside of our listening area of 200 watts, or if your friends are, you can always tell them that they can listen through our website at KUCI.org, and you can also catch us through iTunes. 
So uh, that's going to about wrap it up. I am going to play some music. And because I love the, I'm so looking forward to the music in the upcoming Hobbit movies. Uh, I think Howard Shore is an absolute genius at creating themes for the different areas and peoples of Middle-earth. I can't wait to see what he's going to be doing with uh, music specifically for dwarves. And uh, making music like, you know, he made specific music for Rohan, for Lothlorien, for Rivendell. And we'll be seeing music coming up for Dale and for the Shapeshifter. And um, and the Lonely Mountain, so and Smog, so that's going to be exciting to discover that just a week from Thursday. So again, if you are planning to go to one of the premiere things, uh, or you know, even just one of the showings, and you want somebody to be excited for you along with you, you can email me at askanelf at yahoo.com. I'll be at the Big Newport, probably. Big Newport, as, at least at this point, the plans are to be at the Big Newport for the midnight showing on Thursday evening. Um, and then I'll take in a show on Friday, I'm sure. And then Saturday morning at IMAX to see it in 48 frames per second on the big screen. So here's a little music from The Two Towers. I thought I would play Breath of Life. Academy Award winning music and until, well, until 5 o'clock we'll be back in a few minutes and this is KUCI in Irvine. Namariette.